from music. I never made no bread, bro. Like literally, I never made no pizza. What have I become? I'm done with this. There was a video of you in the mosque. It was meant to remind people to pray and then it's gone viral for the wrong reason. The speech had nothing to do with me saying I'm quitting music. On you right now is at least 50 bags. In the wrong crowd, you're like a walking target. Yeah, you can see like 10 men just, I'm on the floor trying to take my chain, my watch. 57 jewelers. Why jewelry? I was into jewelry before I even made my first song, before I even knew what rap was. People know how much I've made off music, yeah? I'll be real, jewelry is more still, but I don't want people to know, because then everyone's going to want to be a jeweler. I want people to stay rappers. Ads, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the podcast, bro. Yes, bro. So for people who don't know who you are, living under a rock completely, bro, introduce yes, bro. us. Um, names are Ads. I was doing rapping for like 15 years of my career. And yeah, man, now retired, innit? Retired rapper, I think I'm going to come to that later on in the podcast, but this is like a end of an era podcast because you just released your last album pretty much. Yes, uh, yeah. Which is a which is a madness because now it's like your whole life is going to transition, as you call it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm going to move on to that later on. But just to understand who you are, I want to kind of understand the man you became and the way to do that. Let's throw us all the way back to your childhood days. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. who was Ads as a kid? Talking to me about your upbringing, parents, household, all of that. Cool, man. So I was born um, in St. Mary's Hospital in Paddington in 1991. And um, straight away, my mum sent me to Morocco when I was like two, three months. Is it? Why? Um, I'm not sure. I think she's just busy working, this, that. So, yeah, she sent me back home. And then I came back when I was five. And then that's when I started my life in London. Um, I, w I lived, grew up in Brixton, went to Loughborough Primary School. And um, secondary school, went to Archbishop Tennyson's in Kennington. What was the ethnicity like mixed like in Brixton at the time? It was strong, strong Jamaican community. Yeah. When I got there and that is now it's more mixed in it. Mm. But back then it was definitely a strong, strong Jamaican community. So what was school life like for you then if you're being the only Moroccan then? Um it was it was calm still, man. I liked it and it was nice, man. Like growing up in the Brits it was it was a mixed culture, but obviously mainly Jamaican, so I wasn't like the only person from a minority um but no uh, background. And what yeah, about school so. life? Hamza was a rat, man. It was good still, yeah. Good grades? That kid, what, what what was you nah, like as a kid, so man? My, my grades weren't good. I wasn't dumb, but my grades weren't good. I was just naughty, innit? Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like I should, what's the point of me doing the well? I was one of them kids, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was always smart, alhamdulillah. Like, I, I, I had intelligence, innit? Yeah. And I could always figure. I thought I was too smart, and I said I didn't want to do the work. Yeah, okay. So one what, of them, man, innit? So were you not revising or nothing like that? You thought, yeah, you got this in a bag sort of thing? Yeah, literally, it's one of them, man, still. Yeah. So, yeah, man. What was it like in terms of growing up in that environment, obviously Brixton being a rough area at the time as well? What was that like? Did you get brought into them crowds or? Yeah, yeah, straight away. Um, I think I started getting into trouble properly with the police when I was like 11 years old for petty things like stealing out of Lily Whites and all of that stuff. But um, where I grew up in Morocco, it wasn't like a culture shock for me in terms of like um, the roughness and the ghettoness of it. So Morocco was like that anyway. It was just a little bit different, innit? Do you remember growing up in Morocco? Like, do you yeah, remember yeah, those of course. Days? Yeah, yeah. What I remember like? like I remember getting sent to the shop when I was two in Tanja. So I'm going shopping. I'm two years old to buy milk. Come yeah. back. I remember getting lost, like, and all of them things. 
And that's how I'm on proper, proper Ute man them times. But what was that? Was it a safe place in Morocco or? Yeah, yeah, Alhamdulillah, it's calm, it's safe, man. Was it like the Arab countries where it's like they got strict laws in the sense that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not much criminal activity or nothing like that? Yeah, it's just one of them. So going to the shop obviously at two years old, <laughs> lighter work and that. Yeah, yeah, it's calm. Obviously, it's the area, everyone knows each other. It's a, it's not one of them places where like, I'm going to get kidnapped or nothing. It's yeah. just everyone's poor, in it, But you're poor together, innit? So it's when you, when you first came back here, when you came to Brixton then, that whole aspect of that safety environment, yeah. did you know that was gone? Did you know that now it was no longer around? You could no longer bop to the shop like just like that if you wanted to or what was it like? Uh, I don't think my mum let me go out properly until I was about, obviously I would sneak out, but she didn't let me go out until I was about, and I'm saying just to the shopping back till I was about 12. And that's old, like in our culture, like in Morocco, that's old. Mm. But obviously I was doing my thing before that and it's sneaking out, doing whatever, whatever. But um, yeah, she would always like make, make sure I'm in the house sort of thing. Yeah. Study mm. shows that, you know, people who are brought up in their households and haven't got that much freedom, it shows that as they become older, they get a bit more reckless and all of that. So mm. do you see that within yourself? Um, do you know, I was always naughty, bro. Like I said, I was always sneaking out. Um, like I said, I got nicked when I was 11. That was my mom's thinking, how, why am I even in West End? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was always like rebelling. But um, yeah, yeah, you you could say that, man. Did you have sib- siblings and stuff as well? Or? No, just me. Single. You're the only child? Yeah, only child. Okay, so what's that like, Ben? Just, just abused it still. <laughs> one of them one. Mom's always at work, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I abused it, yeah, one of them ones, man. So when did you actually get into music? Because obviously I'd, I'd known about you for a while. I'll be honest, I've known you about for love, a long bro. time, right? Love, man. So when did you actually get into music? Because I can remember listening to music when I was in six one time. So this may be eight years ago, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so when was it actually for you? When you started out? So I think my first tune I recorded would probably be like 06. That was on my computer around them times. But I started doing music properly when I stepped out of jail in 010. Um, that's when I started taking it serious and putting stuff out on like Spiff TV, Link Up. So around them days, um, I started to get a little bit of a name for myself in surrounding areas, not just Brixton. Obviously prior in Brixton, everyone knew I was making music from like 07. But what made you want to go into it in the first place? Uh, I think I came out of, no, it was before I went to jail, I put out a tune. I can't remember what it was. And then I put one out whilst I was in jail. So I was in Ashfield Prison in Bristol and they had a studio there. And um, I made a little tape in there with like five songs and Shallow come to visit me one time in 09 when I was in jail and I gave him the CD and um, he sneaked it out of the jail and then he played, gave it to the man and played it. And then when I come out, that tune, people were still playing it. It was called uh, some Brixton Summertime. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. And then when I come out and I was like, Rod, this has actually got views. Like, I just, I kind of serious from there. The song must have slept. Yeah. So what I want to understand is obviously one of the reasons why you left music yeah, and we'll get into this later on deeper in the podcast but was to do with Islam right yeah yeah. so growing up what was your relationship like with Islam Um, I was very close to my dean growing up still yeah yeah, yeah 100% so when you got into music what was your thought train behind it because obviously for people who don't know and who aren't Muslim yeah, yeah. music in Islam is haram pretty much right yeah of course yeah, so yeah, yeah. when you had started making music yeah. was there any sort of guilty conscience playing and you saying nah I can't do this or yeah yeah 100% but where, where it was at that time I was in such a bad place that was the least of my worries is uh, making music that's haram I was doing madness enough haram so <coughs> that um, music haram at the time was like I was looking at it as this, this is a minor right now compared to what I'm doing anyway. Yeah. 
Well, almost so, like a way out sort of thing or yeah 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 literally so it's just one of them ones and um yeah the maddest thing alhamdulillah because of music i stopped doing the more evil haram's like the ones that are worse fam so mm. it's one of them ones isn't it? Yeah, alhamdulillah alhamdulillah mm. what did you go for jail for um it was when i was young it was a robbery a robbery what can you go into detail of that or yeah yeah it's a, so it's not even robbery it's aggravated burglary which means what exactly um, so we went into a house and someone was in there, but we didn't know in it. So. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. So the intention of full burglary and everything like that, but someone was in there. Yeah. And you got caught by feds or something on the spot, or yeah, we got nicked on the scene. It's literally as soon as we come out, we got nicked. There was bare police and all of that. How how long were you inside for then? Uh, it was three years to serve half, so eighty months was the sentence. So making music in them days, obviously times are completely different. You know, barely any social media. Yeah. I don't even think it was Spotify in them times or nothing like that. No. Yeah. It's it early stages. Early yeah. stages of it. What was you distributing music on then? Was um, it just CDs and stuff or? I was using, um, no, I was, still, I was in early 011. Oh, that would have been YouTube era as well then? Yeah. yeah it yeah. was YouTube era and early doors of like TuneCore. Okay. So I was using that platform there. But um, yeah, it was it was dead. Like you could only really and truly could only make money through iTunes and that was if... Um, like supporters were physically purchasing. Yeah, but you got to buy a song for like seventy nine p or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like the yeah. project would be like a tenner. But if obviously I was eighteen, so my, at the time my supporters were like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, they ain't really got the bread like that. Yeah, they didn't even got a, a bank account. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so it was just yeah, it's just a mad time, fam. So how did you actually survive through that? Then how did you actually make your money in the beginning of music? Uh, YouTube money. Straight AdSense. YouTube. Yeah, straight AdSense. Yeah. Did you ever have a job or anything like that on the side to keep I've it going? I've never had a job a day in my life. I swear. Yeah. Okay. So in the, in those times, like the money, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I can imagine it not being the greatest if it's lying just on YouTube. No, it was, it was weak, man. It was like four bills a month split that with shallow as well. For how long? So it's like two bills really in, in my own pocket a month. It was going on like that for a while still. That's my two bills a month. That's what I'm yeah, saying. That's barely we, enough to get by. So you would... We put out one tune. Um, yeah. I remember me, Shallow and Belzy called Brixton Boy. Then that month, the AdSense was like seven bills or something. But So it weren't mad. It was like seven bills and it was but like, yo. To, to you at the time, was that like seven bills? Like, yo, like... Yeah, when we saw the seven bills, we was guessed. We was happy. It was yeah. like, yo, yeah, like this is bread. But obviously, it was, it was young, innit? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's YouTube money. But that inspired man, innit, to, to keep pushing. To keep going, yeah. yeah. What did you actually do to break the door down and get your name out there properly? Um, man just flooded the net with videos, bro. Yeah. In 011, I think that's when my name started getting out there. Just took it seriously. Um, yeah, just started flooding it, flooding it, video after video. And then, yeah. When was, like, your first EP? Uh, first project was early 011. It was around, like, April. Oh, 11 times. Oh, 11 times, yeah. And yeah. did that do well in terms of numbers or? Yeah, done well on Hood Tapes. Um, Hoodtapes.co.uk was a free website where you could download tapes back then. It was a joint tape with me and Shallow. Mm. Yeah, done well. I think we got the most downloads on the website. It was, it was called Pain, I think the first one. Or Life, one of the two. So long ago. Were there any big breaks after that? Nah, nah, nah. I was, I've always stayed independent my whole life. So it was a thing where my journey wasn't one day, yo, a label phones me and then I go from having nothing to 300k. My 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 journey was step by step. So every like month, every two months, every three months, my bread's just slowly, slowly increasing. Like 
it was a, it was a journey more than a mm. you get me one of them I was going to ask this later on in the podcast but I'm going to ask it now yeah as you just said that you've been independent your whole time mm-hmm. why is that is that so you can maintain control and release music when you want and how you want or was it because some labels who approached you for deals just didn't make any sense no sometimes I wanted to take the deal but give me that give me that thank you very much fire pizza you know we love a fire pizza around here make sure you get yours when you're watching CEO cast as well you can either order it or they've got hundreds and hundreds of stores around the UK, around the world. So chances are you've got a store near you. So you can either go there or pick it up or go on fireway.co.uk and use the code in the description. You can get some good discount. But for now, we're going to have to resume this podcast in about five minutes, unfortunately. Sorry about that. But I'm starving right now and I need to eat. Make sure you lot eat as well. Look at the juice from the pizza. Mm. That's 10-10. I'll save this for after the podcast. So let's crack on. Let's get the show on road and we can enjoy this together after. It was just one of the main reasons was, yeah, I've never, I call it a headlock. I've never wanted to be in like the headlock in it. What do you mean by that exactly? Like when you've just got to do shit when the label asks or when like you've got a manager just telling you, yo, yeah, your coach leaves at 4am, you're going to shoot in Bristol or you're going to shoot in this place at 5am, make sure you get there. It's a 12 hour shoot. I ain't got time for that. All my video shoots have been no longer than like an hour or two and I just keep it stepping. And that's the best thing about it, innit? It's the freedom, innit? But all of that, like, 14-hour video shoots, that's chores, fam. I can't do that. And then it's worse when you got someone telling you, yo, you have to do this, or man's not paying you this month for... So yeah. for me, it's just one of them ones, innit? When you say it like that, it's almost like you're working for someone else. Yeah, and it don't make sense because it's my bars, fam. It's my music. So why am I going to be a slave to my own music? Yeah. Don't make sense. But not even that. I suppose, <laughs> as well, you can brand off and branch off as well, do your own thing. Like, if you were signed yeah. to a label, would you be able to do other things like, you know, drop merch and all that sort of stuff? Or would that nah, have to be part? Nah. So, Bear Man, like a Bear Man in 360 deals, this and that. Obviously, I don't know how it works. I've never been signed, but I'm sure even if you are signed without a 360, you can't just start dropping merch and promoting it. They're going to say, yo, you need to promote this this week on your Instagram. You need to promote this. You've got this coming up. What's, so, what's a 360? That's when there's you, you, 360 deals, um, when the the label's got you for everything. So show money, Oh, literally, money. okay, they just own you pretty much. Everything. E- everything, everything. Yeah, you do a show, they want a slice. Yeah. You sell an eight ball of weed to your brethren, they want a slice of that as well. They yeah, want yeah. everything, fam. <laughs> yeah, that's so 360. You, you said, you say you said there, yeah, that you wanted to sign a deal. What was it about that deal that was enticing you to be like, yeah, you know what, this actually might be all right. Uh, I had no bread in it at the time. I had no peas. And I think it was, it was like a 40, 50K offer. What year is this? It wasn't even that long ago, bro. It was like 017, okay. something like that. 017, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going through something. I had no bread. Probably had like a quid or two to my name. Mm-hmm. And the label's um, offering me now, like, yo, you can leave with 50 quid now. But it was some mad deal for me. Like some five-year thing. They want my whole catalogue. 70-30 split. Oh, was that 50 quid for to, each year? It just, it just weren't making... No, no, 50 quid for the whole catalogue. For five years? Making, yeah, but it wasn't making no sense. So that's don't, 10k a year? But I proper needed the peas though. And this is what they do sometimes, isn't it? And when they think you proper need the bread, they'll violate. They get you down low, basically. Yeah, I promise you, if Nina went in there nines at the time with bare jewels, they would have not offered them 50 bags. Yeah. Get. But I think they knew, yo, this suit looks like it needs the bread. So they tried to violate. But obviously, alhamdulillah, I didn't take the deal. And then, yeah, boom, fam. It was one of them ones. Give me an example of that work here. So let's just say they're paying you 50K. Offer all the music you do. Offer all the tours, merch, whatever thing they decide to do with you in terms of your brand. How much would they be making? So I think it was something like 
that deal anyway or something like that. Give me 50k advance and then it's a 70 30 split to them. Mm-hmm. So they get 70, I get 30. Yeah. So let's say that the, the, the project comes out what I've signed for. Um, once I've re once I've recouped their 50 bags, yeah, then I can start eating 30 percent. But what they don't tell you is to recoup that 50 bags, you have to recoup it in your 30 percent. So it's bare weird. So that contract was bare snaky, fam. So imagine, yeah, let's say the album does 100K. I'm entitled to 30%, they're entitled to 70. Yeah. But I've got to give them 50 bags, yeah? Out of your 30% I've got cut. to pay my 50 bags out my 30% cut first. Yeah. Once I've paid it out my 30% cut and I've cleared it, then I can actually start keeping 30%. So, so in theory, just to break this down, so if you made 100K in a year, in that first year, they take 70K, you take 30K, Let's just say you give them that 30k. Or I you still, still owe them, them 20. Of, yeah, you still owe them of the 20. Yeah, and to give them that 20, remember, I would have to keep paying them off of my 30%. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Which is mad. You understand? They literally so got you in, as you said, a headlock there. It's a headlock, yeah, it's a headlock. Fam. I want to break that down because you just said there in 017, you had nothing. Mm-hmm. But you had been doing, doing music for a while then. That would have been how many years at that point? At that point, properly since 011, I'd been dropping tapes. I'd been doing shows. I'd been doing bear shit, fam. I had a YouTube channel with mm-hmm. the music ENT. Bear shit, bear shit. You see, this is what I remember. I remember you being up there in terms of like lyrically, yeah. artist-wise and all that sort of stuff. For you. So for yeah. you to say right now yeah. that you didn't have even a pound to your name, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's a shock to me. So I had like a bag or two, like a couple bags, but I never had no mad bread. What I was, had like, like survival money. Because I'm sure you would have had money before that, no? Nah, bro. So from music, I never made no bread, bro. Like literally, I never made no peas. And where my face was mad, bait. Yeah. I couldn't just go and let me let me say, oh, let me just go get a job and just hold some bread for this. I couldn't do that. My yeah. face was bait. Like you said, every, like you knew who I was. So my face was bait, bro. And that's what I hated is like, my face is bait, but the peas, the bank is not matching up, fam. This is not making sense. So that was frustrating as well. So like man's going shop mm-hmm. and the people are taking photos of me jumping out their car. I'm thinking, I don't even have a car, fam. Man, man wants to take a photo with me. Do you get? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I need to pattern up. But obviously it's part of the, you get me, living, you learn, innit? And it built, it built man's hunger. You feel me? Because so, it, it's, it's not, it's not nothing nice to go through, like where you're mad, your face is bait and. You can't you, live a normal life properly. Yeah. And it was only because it was just a shit time for music, bro. Like I said, cause I was doing it from 011. I didn't really know the method until I learned in, about Spotify and that in 016, 017. And that's when I started actually making money. Do you ever you know feel I mean? like that now? Like obviously, as I said, we're going to come to this later on, but now that you're not making any music anymore, sometimes, and you're married and you've got kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you ever come across that thought train where it's like, I can't have a normal life anymore because everyone knows my face? No, do you know, Alhamdulillah, now I think man's older than that. I'm trying to live a normal life anyway, innit? Like, mm. with the jewellery business, etc. But, um, yeah, it's, it's calm, innit? It's not as bad as it used to be, like, when I was younger. You must have been spotted Everywhere you go, pretty much. Yeah, nowadays, obviously, I'm not. I'm if I'm not in my house, I'm at work or, or I'm abroad with family or something. Mm. But I'm not active, like I'm not around as before. Do you know? What You're I mean? literally living entrepreneur life right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying that. Yeah, man. So, like you said, you didn't take that deal in 017. Yeah. So, what was that talk you had in your head to be like? All right, even though I got no bread and they're giving me some money, mm. I'm still not going to take it. What thought you through that? I'll be real fam. My wife told me don't take the deal. I was going to take it. Like I said, like I was on taking it. I'm saying like, yo, man, need this piece right now. But my wife's saying like, no, fuck that. They're bumping you. 
And this was the the project was the Adam Al- Adam album. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard it or seen it, but it's actually one of my best tapes. And it's up to I think till this day it's paid me like I'm not sure, bro. Like one two hundred. I'm not sure, so I have to check in it. But it's, it's given me a lot of money in it. So I'm lucky I didn't sign for that stupid deal anyway. But <coughs> it was my wife that told me, no, don't take it. They're bumping you. Because I was there saying, yo, I need this so that we can finally start getting playlisted, this and that, that. Because I knew, like I said, I was just learning about streams. So I, I learned, yo, you need to be in playlists for your streams to get high. So, and I didn't know how to get in playlists. But my wife was saying, yo, I'll, I'll figure out how to do it. There's an app called Spotify for artists or mm, something, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, fuck it, I'll, yeah, we'll just do that then. Innit? Do that. But it's mad to me because you're sitting in front of me right now. Obviously, times have changed. You've got LV jumper on, Cuban chain. I see the day date there as well. Yeah, no, I love Jewelry that, in man. your wrist, jewelry yeah, in your fingers that. and that. Yeah, man. So money's like, alhamdulillah, it's been good. It's been up. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Bro, so yeah. what was the point where it changed from 017? Um, I just kept putting out bare tapes, singles, grinding, and fully independent. So every single stream that was getting made was coming straight to me. I was There was no splits. It was 100%. Mm-hmm. All mine, so I was just going ham, bro. I was going ham, I was going ham, I was going ham, putting out bare shit, bare shit. And then, um, the Adam album done well, that got me on my feet. And then, um, I put out Habibti, obviously, that was one of my biggest, it is my biggest tune that done mad well for me. That went silver in the UK, so I made a, a, a nice money off of that. And then I invested in things and yeah. When you say nice money, you, you open to say how much? Because I generally, the reason why I'm asking is because I actually that, haven't got a clue. Um, off of that one tune, so it went silver, so I saw 200,000 copies, so mm-hmm. it's like 200k. Yeah, okay, that's a lot of money then. Yeah, that's sp- for like the streams and stuff. In the space of how long? That was in like 019 to 2021, it went silver, 22, so 21 I think. That's a lot. Like two, three years in London, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot of money that's in that in the space of two years. Yeah. I want to understand how it works of being, being independent because I remember I had Rimsy on the podcast ages ago yeah, yeah. and I didn't understand it fully then, but I kind of want to understand it now, right? Yeah. Because you're independent, you're running everything. So your own music, you're making it, distributing it, mm-hmm. your own shows, you've got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. All of that for artists must be a lot. So have yeah. you got sort of some sort of team behind you or how's it all working? No, so with me, it's literally just me and my wife. We do everything still. Just you and your wife? Yeah, so she does all the emails, all of that stuff. Um, like I do all the finding the beats, obviously booking the studio, mm-hmm. um, shouting the cameraman. She'll help me with like locations. We just do it together, innit? That's sick. So, do you mind talking about your wife? Because I feel no, like no, it's calm, bro, yeah. like it's a, a big part in your life in terms of obviously a be married, but b yeah, yeah. I feel like if she wasn't around, then you could have taken that deal in 017. Yeah, 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 yeah. And your life could be completely, completely different right now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You would have just come out of that deal pretty much. Pretty much still. So pretty where, much, where yeah. did you even meet your wife? Um, Time ago in Brixton. In Brixton, okay, yeah. Yeah. And when you came to marry her, is she Muslim as well? Or? Yeah, yeah, she's Muslim, yeah. Moroccan. From Bangladesh. Oh, she's from Bangladesh. Okay, yeah. so you went more, you called through in that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so when you married her, yeah. what was it... Like or like I said, this is, it all depends if you want to answer it or not. I'm trying to ask for the brothers, including myself. What was yeah. it for her that made you think, you know what, she's going to support me in everything I do and help me make the right choices yeah. and make sure that I don't go down the wrong paths? Um, I just knew, obviously, she's not like, um, what's the word, a gold digger, isn't it? Because yeah. I've been with her since I was broken. It. Yeah. So I just knew, yeah, like, and she's smart, isn't it? She's always been smart. So I just thought, yeah, let me trust Hazel on this one. And then, yeah. That's why I just didn't sign the thing. Now, now that she, or now that you're not making music anymore, 
How, what's she doing? Working part of 57 or? Yeah, yeah, she helps me and the boys at, at the shop and stuff. Yeah. Does like the DMs and all of that stuff. Everything like, like, yeah, our business. custom pieces yeah. and all of that, yeah. What about the shows, live shows and stuff when you're performing on stage? Who organises all of that? Uh, that would be me. I don't let her come to the live shows and all that stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. I can imagine. But I mean like, you organising everything from venues to dates to all of it. Oh, no, 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 no. She does, in terms of like, I go there. Yeah, yeah no, I thought you meant does she come? <laughs> no, 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 no. I heard you wrong. Sorry, no. She doesn't roll to the live shows. Obviously, in case something happens that like it gets cracking or something, I don't yeah. want my wife there in it when it's yeah, yeah. getting cracking. So she'll stay at home like more time for the shows. But um, in terms of yeah, the 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 behind the scenes to it, she like when I get an email, she'll reply. She'll tell them, yo, this is how much we need deposit. This is his rider. A rider's like what you need when you get there. Like how many mics. Um, what drinks uh, or whatever just basically food. general setup and stuff exactly so yeah my wife does all that bit all the emails everything all yeah. of that yeah she she used to handle all of that stuff was there any rockers at your event was there anything that went loads tits yeah. up yeah loads can loads you of tell me some yeah there's one on YouTube innit in Scotland yeah yeah that there? was at Edinburgh um, what's it I think the man then was fighting and then was this in the gone, crowd or like no this is outside it's one of the man then was fighting I've gone to see what's happening and I think the the youths have seen all my jewels, so they've they've come to me now, innit? Mm -hmm. And then yes, there's a girl that's recorded it. She put it on YouTube, and then yeah, you can see like ten men just I'm on the floor, they're trying to take my chain, my watch, this that. Hamza didn't get nothing, but yeah, yeah, it was a it was a proper beat down that day still. I can imagine, bro. Yeah. Well, what, do you, so when you have your shows, don't you have like any like boys around you back the beef and all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah yeah the man in my fighting isn't it oh is it we okay? were outnumbered cause we're not super <laughs> man. Man there. we were fighting we were I don't fighting, think I've seen this video you know it's there still it I was in Edinburgh still yeah it was in Edinburgh there was like three of us fighting and then I think there was one or two other men but they were like last in the car like sleeping and see, that, that's what I see with rappers at the same time like your hair right now drippy yeah like realistically on you right now is at least 50 bags yeah, yeah. minimum yeah it's like in that sort of eye, in the wrong crowd, you're like a walking target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Don't you think that's mad to think about sometimes, though? It is. It's life we live in, the dunya we live in. Like, you have to tread steady if I move on point, innit? I don't want to ask you this, yeah? So I want to move on to the point now where you've pretty much left music, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like you had been talking about it for a while. Like, it's been in the back of your mind to leave music eventually. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of Muslim rappers, Rimsy, Young Ads, etc they do say in the interviews and stuff like one day i'm gonna leave music go to a muslim country and settle down like that and start life yeah inshallah yeah. inshallah but you've actually done it now and you've been speaking about it for a while so i feel like at the point of where you've been thinking about it you've kind of been trying to diversify and figure out how you're going to sustain lifestyle and income once you quit music yeah, yeah. so can you bring me back to the very first time when you thought i'm i'm done with this the first time? Yeah. Probably about 19. What, 2019? No, I was 19. Oh, he was 19. It was probably about 11. Yeah. Like just when it started. Oh, literally, just when it started, you thought... Just when it started, I was like, oh, I'm done with this. I've always been sketchy with it since day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, just cause, purely because of Haram and that? Yeah, so it's always been in the back... Don't, don't get me wrong, there's been times where I'm like, yeah, no, I'm in this forever. But mm -hmm. that weren't majority of the time. Majority of the time, I've always, always said to myself, I need to... Do what do what I need to do here and then collapse. But I've never ever said to myself, like, as a grown man, like since 015, 016, 
I was firm on it that yo, I'm done with this thing soon, innit? Mm. But it just took me long and long and long. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? I can imagine in the times where everything's up, yeah, people are screaming and shouting your name in the crowds, numbers are coming in, money's coming in. I can imagine the devil whispering in your ear saying, nah, keep going, like, you got this. I'm going to keep doing this for a while. Yeah. Paying yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to yeah, fight them ones there. Yeah, 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 that's what it is, man. And and the reason what I wanted to bring it on to was this, yeah. I think most recently, it might have been a year ago, two years ago now, there was a video of you in the mosque. Can we talk yes. about this? Yeah, of course, bro. Yeah, it was a talk and, and you pretty much saying that one day you're going to quit music. Yeah. And as much as I looked at it and I was like, you know what, mashallah, like, you know, man's going to go on the right track and everything. I feel like a lot of controversy came off the back of that video as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk to me about that. So the video is literally, it's a reminder in most mas- in masjids in London, you get, um, they do reminders every Friday for the brothers, isn't it? So oh, was that on Jummah or something? Yeah. Okay. So um, I was, uh, the 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 sheikh told me to come, and I'm um, sorry, not sheikh, the, the imam told me to come and do a reminder at the masjid for for the brothers. It was in Lewisham, so I'm assuming that like, a couple of the men that go there are still on the roads, but they're trying to better themselves, so that's why they're in the mosque. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So he told me to come do a little reminder, and... It was basically solely just to remind people the importance of prayer, literally. And um, I don't even think I mentioned music in that in that video once. If I did, I maybe just briefly like to introduce myself. So my name's Adam, known as Adad, I do music. Today I want to speak to you guys about the importance of prayer. And then I said my reminder. And then someone recorded it, um, put it on Twitter and said, I'd had says quit music, but the speech had nothing to do with me saying I'm quitting music. It was solely based on me reminding people how important prayer is. Just like whether you're shot in, you're on the roads, you drink, you smoke. Don't let go of your salah. Just pray, yeah. There's no, yeah, because a lot of men say, oh, I'll start praying when, when I stop doing this or stop doing that. But you can pray whilst you're still doing all that. Yeah. It's better. Do you know ask for repentance, basically repent for forgiveness. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's all That's all it was on. And then, yeah, obviously it's went viral for the wrong reasons. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It literally went viral and I feel like... Do you know what it was? It was UK Gossip TV. That's who that's who spreaded the rumour. And yeah, like there's blogs out here that, that are good to go on that give you like good information from credible sources. And then there's blogs like Gossip TV that is literally, it's Gossip TV. It says it. It's, it's, it's but then you got to remember as well, like a lot of these pages like that, they literally <laughs> live off and breathe off like negative. Yeah, like, no, trying no, to spread like, negative made you think like he's good. No, made you think sick. I rate made you think. Yeah, That's my guy, he's sick, but, bro. He don't do none of that funny stuff. Even during that time, I think he was one of the only pages that didn't put it up because yeah, he's yeah. like, no, he, he watched the video yeah. and he clocked, I didn't say I'm quitting music in the video. So yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm not going to post this. But a lot of people, I think they just read the caption and everyone just started reposting it without yeah. actually watching, watching the video. The video. Yeah. So it's like now that reminder, the speech is just gone for nothing because it was meant to remind people to pray and then it's gone viral for the wrong reason. Yeah. Not for what I wanted it to go viral for. Do you get it, bro? So when you saw it, it gone viral for the wrong reason, what did you think at the time? Uh, to be honest, I didn't care. My daughter was born that same day. So I, I, didn't didn't, lot, yeah, so I actually I just didn't care, bro. Yeah. yeah. What, was your daughter your first born? No, second. Second. But you had your son first, right? Yeah, my son's 13. He's a big man now. Is it? 13? Yeah. How old are you? He'll soon be here doing CEO as well. Inshallah, bro. Inshallah. You've been taking over 57, bro. you got to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> your son's 13? Yeah. What do you want his upbringing to be like? 
Um, just similar to yours or like? Oh no, no way. He's he. When he's, I say similar to yours, I mean yeah. I'm I'm talking about like musically and. Oh no no no! He's um he doesn't do it. He's, he he's a gamer. He likes games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 about it. Still, he doesn't do like no music or none of that stuff. Are no. you trying to get him down the route of like? Do well in school and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly, bro. Yeah, get him on streaming, bro. If he's a gamer, get him straight on. Yeah, streaming. he loves the gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, get him yeah, on that. Yeah. I was gonna say, bro. Off the back of that, we're talking about Moscow and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. At this point now, how long ago was that video? Two years ago. I believe so. Like Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, year and yeah, a half. Yeah. But now it's actually happened. But yeah. before that point, I feel mm-hmm. like you had still set up a few ventures here and there yeah. to almost like test the waters and see if it can work. Yeah, so I don't like um, Amin LTD. I was going to say one that comes off the top of my um, yeah. the top of my head is the clothing, right? Yeah, yeah. So along the way, what other projects or things had you set up on the sidelines, whether you put your name to it or not, to mm-hmm. see like how it does? Um, I was doing loads music. of things, bro. Like I was obviously I was buying um houses in Morocco and trying to rent them out. Is it? Yeah, uh, bare of them didn't go well. Um, I tried to do bare little stuff, bro. I was in Luton for a while as well. I tried mm-hmm. to open like, you know them hut, them little chai huts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tried to get one of those rolling, but mm-hmm. you can't compete with the ones in Luton already. It's a myth. Um. <laughs> they, they got the chai recipe on but Smash. But what did you try to do? The Indian teas and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I love chai, innit? Yeah. So I was trying to make a little hut, but I couldn't pattern the recipe. No one didn't want to give me the recipe, fam. What about a Moroccan tea you want to sign? Nah, Ete is just for cash, bro. That's for Morocco. I've got a little spot in Martil, but... That's just the place that I rent out. But mainly, 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 I put my all into my jewellery business, in it? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what I've put everything into and to my clothing as well. I mean, but I've stopped that, like, two years ago. Since we had our daughter, my wife, we got busy mm-hmm. and we kind of just put it aside, but we'll be bringing it back soon, inshallah. Inshallah. How did you feel when your first son was born? Uh, I was kind of shocked still because I was very young. I was, like, 19. Is it? Yeah. And 19 at the time of a kid. How was that? When, what age did you get married then? Um, like I've been with my wife for a long time, yeah. I've mm-hmm. known her since all seven, I've been together for long, but uh, stuff like I didn't get married until like five years ago, four years, something like that. When you say it was a shock, when you'd seen your son for the first time, what was that like? Because I'm sure everyone says that when they see their first kid, it's like a life changing moment in their head, yeah, yeah. It was shocking still, bro. I was just in a state of shock still. It's like all your priorities in life, like you can't, you can't deep it in it that you're a dad when you're 19, that yeah. you don't. It's, you don't hit the same as like, do you know what I'm saying? When I was older, my daughter was born, yeah. I understood what's, what's happening here. Yeah. But when I was young, when I'm 19, and I'm seeing a young boy fam in the hospital, I'm still confused myself, you get me? Mm. So it's one of them ones. Yeah. At 19 years old, that must motivate you on a different level. When the times where you're broken and flooded, it's like you've got to get up off your ass, basically, make yeah, some money, yeah, yeah. earn some bread so that you can... Yeah, yeah look after him as he grows up, essentially. Yeah, literally, it makes you grow up fast, doesn't it? Yeah, and then you said your daughter now would be, what, two years old? Yeah, it's two now, yeah. Well, but when your daughter was born then? Because, once again, everyone always says, or oh, all my friends who have daughters, yeah. they literally say that you're not a man until you have a daughter. Yeah, Can you yeah, confirm or deny that? Yeah, no, I hear it. It changes you, definitely, still, yeah. 100%. Yeah, all the whole sense of protection and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 100%, bro. Alhamdulillah, 100%, bro. Yeah, man. You know what it is? I see it as like, you know when you have kids... Like God just put so much blessings in your life and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, if you have a business on the side of it as well. Yeah, facts. So facts. talk to me about that, bro. Fifty seven jewelers now. Yeah, yeah. So what had been working you up until this point, fifty seven jewelers? Why jewelry? Um, I've always loved jewelry my whole life. I've been buying and selling jewelry since I was little. I've always been rocking chains since I was like twelve, thirteen, watches, 
trying to buy and sell them, flip them, this, that, just always been into jewellery in general. Is that purely because of when you're in the rap game, you kind of got uphold this image of jewellery and... Nah, I was business. into jewellery before I even made my first song, before I even knew what rap was, the oh, whole genre. It? Yeah. Okay, so you went to it I've from I've been into jewellery from way back, bro. Yeah. Yeah, literally. So what made you actually want to go into it as a business? Because there's one thing, buying and selling it on the side, or hobby, having a collection and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But the one thing you think, you know, you know what, I'm actually going to set this up now as an actual legitimate business and take it proper serious. And then to say, I'm going to quit um, music and do I this full time. The, one of the reasons, uh, me and Torres, we, we buy like, back like in 2020, we was, was buying and selling like a few bits and bobs, kettles, that's um, one of my partners in Fifth Seven Jewelers and mm-hmm. um, and Nino as well. And I clocked raw, like I can actually make some peas off some jewels. Like, remember I bought Olive like 39, went up to like 75. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so them little things and then where I had so much knowledge on actual jewellery that's watches isn't it jewellery where I had so much knowledge on gold and how to buy it and sell it per gram this and that I just thought do you know what fam man might actually just do this properly now and instead of just selling to jewellers let me actually start trading to the public instead mm. and um, yeah we just went for it still me Torres and Nino how did you all set up because at first you were in Hatton Gardens Arcade right yeah, we're still in Hatton's, but we're just across the road at Baldwin Gardens in yeah. the record hall. Yeah, you've been doing well and you've got your own place now. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Bro. So the arcade, I actually haven't been there, but from what I've heard, it's basically like different stalls in there and stuff like the different businesses and everything, right? Or Yeah, yeah, that's correct, bro. So yeah. how does it work? So I would just come in there and just literally pick a jeweler. But then my question to that is, how do you stand out from the crowd? Uh, so when we was there, not even sound big headed, but I think we did. We was there for like four months, and obviously we we branded ourselves. We got over twenty k followers on Instagram in a like short space of time, mm. and then we've left the arcade now. So I think when we was there, we we did stand out, and that's why we literally moved so fast. I think it was the way we branded ourselves on social media. Um, obviously, I've I was helped pushing it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we done customs. Mean. Um, Nino does hasn't missed a day, by the way. Michael, he goes in every single day and closes. He hasn't missed a single day since we've opened. Um, yeah, bro, I feel everyone's just dedicated, innit? And everyone knows their job and their role, innit? I have a question for people watching, right? You know, everyone who wants to get into jewellery, obviously, Hat and Garden is the, you know, what we hear all the time, Hat and Garden. So going to a place like Arcade, is that a great starting point? Yeah, that's one of the reasons we went there was to meet all the other traders, um, let them know, yo, like, man's doing this for real. Yeah, we're in town now, basically. Yeah, we're here, bro. Like, man's here, man needs some trade price. And that's it, innit? Yeah. And it's, it's good as well, innit, to first start off, like, clients might not want to, they won't find you if you're just starting up in the office from day one. Mm-hmm. But where we started in the arcade, our first clients were walk-in clients. So they never came to us through social media. They came to us because they were going to the arcade anyway. Yeah. Then they saw our stool, came to us, Gave them the maddest price. They went to their back to their little town, spreaded the rumor. Yo, I got this Rolex 26mm for my wife for two bags. People can't believe it. They're like, from who? Fifth, seven jewel. And then word of mouth, innit? The fact that you even say Rolex, they had two bags in the same sentence just sounds mad. Yeah, <laughs> do you get it? So I, I think when, before we came into, I don't think people was doing it that cheap, innit? So mm. I think that was our, one of our main selling points is that we was just buying it for cheap and selling them cheap. Literally, sometimes we would make £50 on a watch when Why we though? first started or just to get our name out there. Just to get the name out there, yeah. Yeah, just to get our name. Like, I would rather, sometimes we wouldn't make nothing. In fact, one time, I think my partner Torres even was like, fuck it, I'll lose peas on this just so you can go back and wear it. 
mm-hmm. just so you can say you got it from her. And I was like, yeah, I hear it. I hear it still. Do you sell to like people in the industry as in rappers, actors, whoever it may be, people in the market yeah, with social yeah, media presence? Yeah, now we do. Obviously now, I'm, that was like when we first started, mm-hmm. we were selling um, like even taking L's on, on, on items just to get our name up there. But yeah, now obviously because people trust us now and the low we've, probably sold over like 5,000, 6,000 items now. So um, people know now, innit? Like, yeah, no, their things are proper. They're 30 and that's why now the, the trust is higher, etc. How, how long has it been running for then? Since April 23. Okay, so this is fairly recent then? Yeah, I would say even May because in April we didn't, we was just like setting up. We didn't open and start yeah, selling until yeah. May. What about getting all your stock and all that sort of stuff? Do you, so how does it work? Are you stocking it all yourself or is it all sale or return stuff or? No, we, all our stock is ours, bro. Yeah? Yeah, or every single. So you must have invested a lot of money in the beginning to get all the stock in the first place. Yeah, yeah, we did. We put in some peas, man. Yeah, all the music peas straight there. Spotify album straight in in the stock. Literally, bro, literally, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to know, yeah, how much of your business is repeat business? Because if you've built that trust relationship with someone, Mm -hmm. then they could easily come back to you in the future, especially if you're, you're essentially like the cheapest jeweler, you know, as you said, you you said to me over this for dinner, yeah, that the Cuban chain you're wearing, right? Mm-hmm. So something like that, someone would go for another jeweler and get quoted, how much was it you said? Probably about 40s at least. 40s, and you're selling yeah. for how much? Uh, I gave you a special price, but a bit, <laughs> a bit like give or take 22K. A lot cheaper. A mad cheaper. That's what I'm saying. But it's how a 20K you, saving. So wh- where are you saving that? Is what I'm trying to understand here, yeah, and I'm not trying to ask this in a in a way of disrespect or anything like that, but is it cheaper material or is it because the other jewellers are just yeah. bumping it through the roof? Yeah, so gold is gold, no matter where you get it from, whether mm-hmm. you buy it from, uh, like let's say you buy gold from America or you buy it from England or you buy it from Morocco, uh, nine carat gold is nine carat gold wherever you go in the world. So mm. As long as it's hallmarked 375, it's 37.5% gold. Yeah. So gold is gold, bro. It has the, everywhere in the gold, in the world, it has, this, it holds the same value at yeah, scrap. Yeah. You can't get that cheaper or anything. Exactly. Yeah. So gold is gold, bro. So this chain, for example, it's a 10 carat gold and it's all natural VS diamonds. Mm-hmm. Again, VS diamonds are VS diamonds. It doesn't matter where you get them from. Um. So it's literally the same quality as what you would get in any other jewelers literally bro explain to me vs diamond because there's a, there's a lot of jewelry terms that i need to unravel here yeah so vs just means very slight yeah yeah that's that's all it stands for very and then you got slight. vvs and then you VVS got... is very very slight and then the one above is flawless that's yeah. that's for like floyd mayweather and that way yeah yeah but um yeah yeah that's all it is it's just like the grades what's your opinions on like bust down watches and stuff like that aftermarket not factory um, they're good, bro. Just if you're getting them for the right price, yeah. then it's not a problem. Just don't get bumped when you're buying them. Don't go buy like a iced out Rolly, a date just for 22 bags. You got to think of it like this if you're how much is the watch worth without the ice? So, a date just without ice, let's say it's a 41 mm date just, you're looking about 7k. Mm-hmm. So, if you're buying it for 22k, it means you've paid 15 grand for the diamonds. That's too much. Mm. If you buy a bust down for, let's say, 11 bags, 12 bags, you're safe now because the watch itself is seven bags and then you've paid four bags for the diamonds. Now that's cool. But it's when people buy bust downs for so high, that's where the saying comes that, oh, they're bad watches, they're bad investments, etc., etc. But 
honest to God, hand on my heart, we've sold bus downs to clients that have gone and sold them for more. So I don't. Yeah, literally, we sell, we fly bus downs for fun, yeah. Because we sell them so cheap, you, there's room for people to make money, innit? Yeah, yeah. So, so how much would you sell a bus down for? Like, like, like for example, a, a just. A Datejust 2022 Rolex, I've sold it for as little as 10 bags before. So non-bust on Datejust, how much are you selling them for? Uh, Depends what year, but starting from about five bags, six bags. And then 2023 is like a Datejust 41 looking about seven quid. That's retail? Yeah. So you're literally making barely any money on we that? We buy it cheap. We yeah. buy it just under retail at trade price. And then I sell just above retail or retail price. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of margin. That's what I'm saying. So you're literally just focusing on volume. Yeah. yeah. But here's what I was going to say to that. Yeah. So going back to, you know, jewelers overcharging, overpricing the customers and whatnot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have built massive, massive brands around their jewelry. Yeah. Like we say, we see it all over the UK and it gets to a point where they're paying more so for the name than the actual item. Yeah. So <coughs> wouldn't you say that's like the, it's, they can do that because if they're paying for the name it's like you know paying for an iPhone I can buy this or I can buy a Chinese version for 50 quid both yep. can do the same job but because this is an iPhone I can pay a thousand pound so do you know what I'm trying to say like they built it off the brand name rather than not actual product I hear that not really though because with Rolex bro look for example yeah this is a Rolex yeah yeah if you buy a Chinese one it's garbage yeah yeah that's yeah let's just talk real Rolexes whether you buy it from us or you buy it from Rolex themselves, or you buy it from A Jewelers, you buy it from Viani Jewelers, Trotters. It's still gonna, it should be the same price. It's still this, it's a Rolex is a Rolex. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, where you buy it from doesn't necessarily mean you've now got a better Rolex than another guy just because, even if someone buys like a Rolex on a back road, as long as the Rolex is real, your the main thing is you have a Rolex. Yeah, no, I get that. But then it's like, let's just say I was to buy a piece of jewelry or a watch. And I tell my boys, oh yeah, I bought this. And they ask automatically, where did you get that from? And I say, X Jewelers, which is, let's just say, yeah, yeah. the biggest jewelers or biggest watch company in UK. Yeah. And they're like, right, I'm mad. They can charge for that premium purely because of that. No. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, obviously because their brand's bigger. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Obviously the clients feel more safe going yeah. to bigger brands. Of course, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, my I question to that. you is, yeah. with you starting her literally within the last year or so, yeah, and eventually in the future, would you say, you're going to build a massive, massive brand, which I believe you will. But do you think you would, it would been, be the case of upping the prices, upping your profit margins? Or do you Not forever? We, we wouldn't up, up our prices, bro. And if we do, it wouldn't be by crazy, crazy. We'll just up the price according to life, bro, like cost of living. If, for example, we move into the Inflation, main... Inflation, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, if we move on the front line yeah. um, and get a massive shop, then obviously our rent's going to naturally be more. We may increase a little bit, but... Mm. I think we'll always be the cheapest, bro, or one of the cheapest anyway. Yeah. 100%. So, uh, do you put your face to the business as well? I was going through the business page on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're on there all the time as well. So it's like you're deep into this business too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. It's, it's not yeah, like man. one of them ones where a rapper set up something and just sitting on the sidelines and the business is running by itself. You're actually deep into this now. Yeah, yeah. When clients come, obviously I'm there all the time serving them, changing links. This, that, that for them. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of the things about the, the I think it's a good selling point as well, is that it's not just, um, oh, it's our business businesses. When you come, you get served by me there. as well. Yeah. Like I'm here, bro, like doing the groundwork with my partners, um, Michael and Torres. So. so one question I want to ask you for the whole podcast, bro, is yeah. now that you're in the jewelry business, right? Yeah, yeah. 
just a straight up honest answer and, you, and to be fair you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but in terms of income and what where the money is music or jewellery um, I'd probably say I don't want to give out no secrets so I might be real still no yeah okay because you know it's people know how much I've made off music yeah yeah I'll be real jewellery is more still but I don't want people to know fam because then everyone's going to want to be a jeweller fam so are, are you open I want s- people to stay rappers <laughs> <laughs> are you open to say how much you've made off music though in the whole time you're doing music yeah yeah that's cool yeah go on um, so all together since day one I'd probably say accumulated with streams shows CD sales sign in shit all this stuff probably like just over 2M yeah I've said it before in another interview and what, what but I'm, people think that 2M is there with me now like it's not in one it's grinding grinding over the years blood sweat and tears yeah it's coming make some, lose uh, some. three bills here two bags here one bag Fifty pound yeah. a bill. People it's automatically going to assume that you got two mil sitting in your bank account right now. Yeah, no, it's not that, man. But what it's I'm hearing that. from that answer, and like I said, I know you didn't want to answer it, but jewelry is more than that. Yeah, yeah, no, jewelry is 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 a more lucrative business than music, hundred percent. And the best thing about that is the fact that it's halal as well. Yeah, yeah, it's halal. Yeah, like yeah. you can trade gold and all that sort of stuff. So, what's the actual vision for Fifty Seven, bro? You've started for a year and a half now. Yeah, so, yeah. where do you see it going in the future? Um, we're trying to take over, bro. I'll be honest, man. It's trying to be the first jeweler that pops into people's mind when they're talking about I want a rolly, I want a ring. But in terms of like what we're gonna do next, I'd say um, my partner Abdullah, aka Michael, he, he can explain it to you a lot better. Still, hundred percent. What are you saying, bro? You want to come on the podcast? You're sitting in the audience there right now. You want to hop on and explain the vision? Yeah. Come to you. Ads. We'll catch you in a moment. <laughs> this has never happened before. Yeah, literally the swaps, swap C. Abdullah, welcome to the podcast, bro. Thank you, bro. This is an interesting one. As we were just speaking about ads, you know, the vision of 57. Yeah. You being his business partner. Yeah. Tell me more about 57, bro. What is, what has ad missed out and what can you add to it? Um, This is kind of, I feel like he missed out on the fact of during the COVID period, this was something that me, him and Torres kind of thought of doing. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff going on personally in my life at the time. So I feel like if we had opened it then, I don't feel like it would have blossomed the way it has now based on what I was going through at that certain time. So I feel like... um, Just personal circumstances. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot going on. It was a lot going on. I won't even lie to you. It was a lot, a lot going on. So I feel like the way I'm committed to making the... Like towards the business right now, I don't think... I would have had that same attitude then, you know, because during that period and what came after was a lot of soul searching and a lot of like things that kind of led me to the path I'm on now. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's something that I couldn't be happy with. Like for the first time in a long, long time in my life, I feel very content and kind of excited about the future. So I just have to, as a, not even just as a business partner, as my business partner's story is and Adam, I just have to, or say ads, I got to kind of thank him for kind of planting that seed in my mind to be like, you know what? I feel like if you want change, this is where we have to go. So how did he plant that seed in your mind? Um, so basically last year I was released, coming up to a year now I've been out. So last year 
I got caught up in something and I went to prison. Oh, you was inside? Yeah. So, um, while I was inside, again, like, it's still, you know, people think, you know, when you go to prison, it's like you're sad and whatnot. Some people kind of use it as a way to kind of have a break. So I, I, I kind of used to kind of be there and then, you know, I'll just speak to him here and there, you know, but it was a thing where um, it was a lot of like thinking and kind of being like, you know what, I'm getting on now because I went to prison when I was much younger. So I'm kind of seeing the people that I first saw when I first got there. Are you the same age as that? No, I'm just, he's, he were the same age. Basically, I lived across the road from him. So we grew up together. We went to the same primary school and he okay. lived across the road. You've been boys for forever, basically. Yeah, I've known him since I can remember. He's yeah, one yeah. of, like, yeah, literally. So, um, with that, I've come out now and I've went to see him. Mind you, when, when, when I've gone, I remember his daughter just born. So I remember holding her and, you know, she didn't have any hair on her head and all of that. She's not communicating. She just, she couldn't even sit up. So now that I'm out, I'm seeing her kind of crawling around the house. She's vibrant. She's got a personality now. So then I've said something to him and then his whole reaction to it was like, I've never seen him so disappointed in me. He's like, he was just like, bro, like, it's, you've done that. We're at the age now when you're, and while he's talking to me, I can just see his daughter just, you know, and then it kind of just, it resonated with me. And I remember that whole week, I just kind of, that conversation just kept playing in my head, in my head, in my head, in my head. Can, can I ask you something here if you yeah. don't mind? What was it that you said to him? Is it something that we can get into? Because I'm just going to say, the way the way it sounds like is like you, oh, what I'll say is like you had an idea. It I, The idea I had wasn't a good idea. Let's just put it like that. But it was an idea of It was an idea of something that he wasn't willing to entertain. Okay. Like it, was, it, it seemed like, you know when you got that one friend yeah. and it's like, Bro, when you're going to learn, you're still talking about the same stuff. You yeah. still have that same type of mentality. And it's still an idea that could have had the same repercussions. Exactly. As and that's what he came. And it was just like, he couldn't have said it better. I feel like every conversation me and this guy have had, I feel like that was the most honest conversation we've ever had. And I feel like a lot of people, in terms of their friendships and their bonds and their brotherhood, their quote-unquote brotherhoods they have with people, I feel like they're not willing to have that uncomfortable conversation with their friend. Mm. And that was so honest and it was uncomfortable. It wasn't, I want to say it's uncomfortable because I don't feel any type of way to kind of correct him or tell him, yeah, bro, that idea you got is stupid or I feel like that's not going to work or what you're saying is ignorant. Like, he's, we're very honest with each other. Like, sometimes even the way we kind of project our thoughts to each other, people might think we're arguing, but it's not. We're just, that's how we talk. Mm. Like I could literally, we could literally be bickering for the whole day and I could be like, shut up man, let's go and eat man, I'm hungry. Be like, shut up you dickhead. Like that's how we talk. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just how. That's we, how boys are. When especially yeah, but you know, sometimes, you know sometimes when you see people and they see people talk, they think, oh wow, are they, are they gonna fight? Like, are yeah. they gonna, <laughs> but that's just the way we talk. I can be like, shut up man, you dickhead. And you can be like, you shut up, you like, that's just how, you know, so I remember, I had that conversation and then it was like a month later, he's called me and he's just like, remember our COVID times that we was talking about the jewelry shop, like opening up a jewelry shop, me, you and Torres. I was like, yeah, yeah, I remember. It's him. I just spoke to Torres now. What? How do you feel about it? I'm like, yeah, like, let's do it. He said, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I said, because I'm going to Hatton Garden tomorrow. I'm going to send, like, make sure you come here tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, cool. He sent me the location. I've come into the arcade. 
So I'm looking around, I'm thinking, all right, cool. And then him and Torres are just standing like, yeah, this is it. What's it? This is, yeah, this is what we're doing now. The jewelry shop. Cool, we need to think of a name. We need to do, what's the um, calling code for Morocco? What's the calling code for Colombia? What's the calling code for Nigeria? Let's just do a coin toss. Done the coin toss. As you know, Colombia won 57 jewelers. So from there, it's just been full steam ahead. And I can't complain. So it's this is like, I f- bro. I feel like we could do an our, our own podcast entirely, yeah, but I just yeah. want to dive into this. Right, this is like a whole life changing opportunity for you mm. because without this, let's just say you and Ads never had this conversation, mm-hmm. or you had never gone to this house, and mm-hmm. he might not have said what he said mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. You, they, your life could have been going down the same route yeah. that it was before. Yeah, and where you be in, you know, wherever you're inside right now or yeah. whatever, like we don't know. You, Which and, is mad. Yeah, and you know what as well? I remember I had a conversation with um, a woman one time. Uh, I can't remember where we was, but we were just talking. And she literally said, when men get to a certain age, it's kind of like, that's what's gonna, that's basically their life. Mm. So she said it was like that age of 30. I just turned 30 in June. So that age of 30 or your late 20s, if you're constantly kind of, Going in that revolving door, that's just going to be you. And again, like I said, I'm literally seeing people where I've seen them in an establishment. I've seen them again. And it's like, they're just in a bad way. And it's like, we're talking. And the interests I have and the interests they have is like, we're on completely two different paths in life. Like what, what I want and the stuff I'm interested in, you're not. And it's just like, it's sad to say, but sometimes you want more for yourself. And I, it just was like a conscious thing. I feel like it just played on my conscience too much. Because mm. you know when you're doing wrong, you know it's wrong. As much as people be like, oh yeah, I got to do what, what I got to do. I hear it, but I feel like we're such, we're in an era now where there's so many halal things for you to do to make like an honest living. Do you know you, what I mean? You know that saying of what you just said, I got to mm-hmm. do what I got to do. Do you mm-hmm. feel like that's just a cop out and an excuse? No, because I believe there are people that genuinely have no choice but to do what they need to do but i feel like a lot of people start something and they lose track of the purpose or the meaning of why they've done it like we have a lot of guys that say yeah i just wanted to do this so i can be able to uh make my mum live a certain type of life and then or by that like you know there's always a reason to it but then at the end of the day when you kind of see what's how what's going on it's kind of like Bro, you're kind of lost now because now you're just in the dunya and you're just doing things that's not what you're doing. And it's like, all right, cool. You could have did all of that and you say there's no opportunities, but you had the means to create opportunity. Like there's so many, like you had means to create something. And I feel like it's a level of ignorance. I feel like it's a level of us not being men. I feel like we are not, taking responsibility we're not accountable and I feel like as men we need to be accountable but I feel like the time we're in now I feel like there's a it just feels like they're just trying so hard to demasculate us and I feel like we gotta kind of keep a steady head and kind of hold it together you know what I mean because I feel like there's so much there's so much crazy things going on in the world but I just feel like it's sometimes just add a bit of sunlight to someone do you know what I mean so I just thought, yeah, this is just, it's just perfect. I, alhamdulillah, I can't, 
can't complain. I'm just happy. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, I'm, I've never, like, I'm just happy. I'm grateful. I'm content. I feel blessed. Like I said, like, it's this is just something, like, every time I wake up, this is something for me to kind of be excited for. Like, I've, like I said, I've never been so excited for the future in a long time, the way I am now. So, I've just got to, I just gotta keep going, man. How long was you inside for? I wasn't this time it wasn't too long. Just under a year. But have you been in and out? I've been I've been a few times. But this one just I feel like this one kinda hit me because of where I was in that stage of my life. Like it was like and the age I was. I was like, man, I never thought I would you know sometimes people say, Oh, I never I'm never coming back. I genuinely thought I wouldn't see that place again. Do you know what I mean? So what I'm trying to understand, and, mm. and this would probably make more sense as well, the fact that you and Ads had grown up together, mm. I can imagine your upbringing is probably similar to his, yeah. his in terms of roughness, yeah, yeah. fighting, all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So at the point now, it's almost like the whole script has been flipped mm -hmm. and life's completely different to how it was I like would, that. I'm going to say this because we had a group, we, we all have, like, we have a collection of friends, right? And I feel like, when it comes to, like, even when I speak to, like, like when I speak to Ads, when I speak to Torres, when I speak to Torres' brother, the conversations we have is, like, it's, like, they're meaningful. They're motivated. Like, I could literally phone Torres and be, like, bro, you know I was thinking about doing this, but I don't know. And he'll be, like, mm, you can do it, but I feel, like, if you want to do that, how are you going to go around it? Like, I feel like every time we talk, it's something meaningful. You've got purpose to it. Yeah. Before, whenever you could, I'd be like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you saying? Nah, I'm just chilling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it'll but, be the same uh, thing tomorrow. Yeah, how's the little one? Yeah, they, they. Like, I feel like when we talk now, it's more of, yeah, we need to do this, you know? Or he could he could show me, like, other jewelers, like, bro, you see that piece? Like, I'm just going to use them because I feel like in terms of stuff that they do, I feel like their craftsmanship is good. Like, it could be like, rah. Oh, Hey, Jules just did a mad piece for da 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 da, bro. We need to, you get me? Like, we need to do what we need to do because them, them men are doing this and it's just certain motivational stuff, you know? Mm. And you got to have a circle like that, man. You do. To elevate in life. Yeah, move, yeah. Do and, you know what I mean? And you I, could tell me from your experience, but having a circle like that mm -hmm. fully will keep you out of that old exactly. path. Exactly. And now, as well, them are, as well as my friends, they're my business partners. So I don't want to feel like I'm letting the side down. Mm. So they could be like, bro, I need you to do, I'm going to make sure I do it so I'm not letting letting them down because of the same way, that's me to be like, you yo, I, flag up you know well. what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I always make sure like, yo, I'm there to open on clothes. If these look, because I don't have kids, they have kids. Mm. So it's, it's, there'll be days where Torres might be like, yo, I've got little man, I can't go. I be like, don't worry, bro. I'm there. Oh, yeah. I'm there. I'm I'm with Zay. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm with my daughter. Or, or I gotta take little man to go and do this. Da, 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 da. Can you? I'm like, you know what I mean? You're there for it. Exactly. So, so tell me, bro. What's the actual vision for Fifty Seven? Then, where do you see it going? Where do you see it heading? I, like I like I'd said, as soon as you mentioned jugglers in the UK, I want Fifty Seven to pop up. As soon as someone says, like, I I, I need to buy a, I need to buy a watch. Oh yeah, we're going 57 jewelers. Oh, I need a new custom. We're going 57 jewelers. I want us to have like a flagship store in the UK, in London, like on that Hatton strip. I just want it. As soon as you pull up on Hatton, you see 57 jewelers, like their flagship store right there. Then hopefully, inshallah, us abroad, open somewhere, Dubai, America, back home, never know, Colombia, Nigeria, Morocco, sure. just 
stuff that can kind of branch out to other things, you know? Yeah, do almost like a franchise. Exactly. Inshallah. Exactly that, inshallah. inshallah. So, yeah, we're just, we're just working towards that, but so far, so good. I can't be more happy than what we're doing right now, you know? The question i got to ask is, mm-hmm. what's your sort of, you don't have to reveal like the whole thing, but what's your sort of plan to, to make that happen? I just got to keep working hard, man. I got to keep working hard. I got to keep, we got to keep making sure we are, kind of, what's the word I want to use? We are, we just got to make sure that we're kind of giving what the customers want. You know, the clients, like we try and make sure everything's like a special experience when you shop with us, mm. you know? Obviously you're going to have the odd little mishaps with certain things and that's how life is. Everything isn't straightforward, but we just try and make sure everything's smooth and everyone's happy at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, so true. like, you feel like, like, like so far, we when did we open at the end of, like, when did we open at the end of April? We've literally had certain clients that have gone, bought their first watch and come back and bought their next watch and bought another watch. So it's like, we're growing with them. So we're building a relationship with them as well. Do you mm. know what I mean? So, yeah, that's 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 how I see it with what we're doing. Next watch you need to buy from you straight. Yeah, man, listen, <laughs> let's hook you up, man. Give you Morocco and that. No, Nigerian price is too expensive, but we'll give you a Moroccan <laughs> price. Moroccan what's, price. Wait, hold on, what's Colombian price saying though? <laughs> you got to talk to Torres about that, man. Colombian price is Pablo. That's Pablo I'm, price. I'm going to stick with Morocco <laughs> price then. Yeah, stick with the Morocco <laughs> price, man. <laughs> It's good, it's good, man. (laughs) Hello, price, price, yeah. Nigerian price too high. (laughs) Colombian price too high. You know what I mean? I want to ask you something. I don't know if you're down to answer this as well, yeah? Mm -hmm. Obviously, people might have been clocking, dropping inshallah in in your speech. Yeah. And as Ads was introducing you, he he couldn't decide whether to call you Michael or Abdullah. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you being a revert. Yeah. And you saying you're very content in life right now. How much is that? business side how much has that got to do with Islam a lot because again I feel like when I was when I was talking to you about when initially I could, even after we come off camera I'll show you the group chat it's literally you'll see the date mm. and it's called Hatton Boys the group chat we made and I've never deleted that group it's it's both of their old numbers my old number we haven't deleted that group and I remember at that time I just felt like so much things was happening to me privately and I felt and I didn't obviously I didn't share they knew I didn't they know a bit but not too too much and I feel like a lot of it had to do like spiritually and I feel like it took me a while to let go of a lot of stuff and gradually gradually obviously I went inside and I was reading a lot I was reading different type of books like books on how to like um deal with I don't know like deal deal with people your moods and just different type of books and how to kind of engage with people. Cause I felt like I used to disconnect with people a lot. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I had a friend I was banged up with and his old cellmate left some books. And obviously the books were Islamic books, but obviously if people know me, my cousins and stuff, they're all Muslim. Like where I'm from in, where my family are from in Nigeria. So I'm, I'm Yoruba and I have a lot of Hawusa like in my family. I have a lot of Nigerian friends who are Muslim as well. Yeah, and they're, and where my family are from in Nigeria, they're from the north of Nigeria, so in Kanu. So I remember the last time I went, this is bad of me. I need to go back and see my family. But I went there when I was like 14, 13. And I remember waking up early for Fajr prayer and my mum would make me up and tell me to go and pray with my cousins. 
And I used to get so confused. I'm like, why are you telling me to wake up? With but this is before you're even Muslim. Yeah. This is what remember I was talking to you when we was yeah, eating yeah, yeah. dinner. And I was like, about how my family were... Mu- and then my mum and dad, they were not... My mum and dad weren't Muslim. Mm-hmm. They were Christians. But, but in Nigeria, my dad, to- my dad told me this the other day because I asked him because he said his mother was Muslim. But he said, in Nigerian culture, I don't know if this is true, but this is what he told me. In Nigerian culture, if the man is that, or that religion, the children will have to follow the... The, the father's religion. So yeah, yeah, he yeah. said his dad was Muslim. My granddad was Muslim. And that's l- likewise with my mom. Mm-hmm. So, um, sorry, his, my dad, his dad was Christian, sorry. Yeah, so it's so, just. Yeah, so I followed. So she would wake me up and we'd, I never forget it would be hot and we'd walk to the mosque and I'd pray with the, I wouldn't pray, like I'll just be following, but I wouldn't, so then I used to tell my mom, like, oh, why do you f- let, why are you making me do that? We're Christians. She'd be mm. like, it doesn't matter, it's respect. They're older than you, go with them. And so I was in Nigeria for two weeks and I remember every morning, every morning I used to do it. So I kind of had a understanding of Islam. Obviously, as is Muslim. So when he would, I remember, I, I don't think he would remember this. I remember sometimes we was, it would be after school and he's going home to break fast. But I know his mom's cooking. So I'll go and tag along with him. I'm being greedy. I've just eaten at my mom's house. I've just eaten at home. But I'm going home to eat his food as well while he's fasting. So I'm seeing him break fast. He's praying, then he's breaking fast and this and that. So I kind of had an understanding to Islam. I understood it. But I feel like that time, the books I was reading when I was in prison, it was like they were touching the nerve because Islam is about intention. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're doing stuff that you know is wrong and you know this, you know what you're doing is wrong and it's not right in your heart. There's no good that's going to come out of it. So that kind of chose me, followed me to that. And then I remember literally we was in the arcade and we was packing up and one of her friends, he came to see me and then he was talking and then he said bye to me, but then he salaamed ads and then he was like this is me oh why didn't you salam me this is what what you done it yeah this is me no not yet then he was like he's not serious man he's a joke like you know what i mean and then it's literally i just felt it like that that energy from allah saying see it's your time then i remember me and him we shut up and we walked over and yeah and i took my shahada alhamdulillah bro i wish so many people hear that story yeah and the people who are thinking about islam yeah just, I hope it makes them take that step. And 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 one thing about Islam is it's so peaceful. Like even sometimes, I remember when I first got to the when I would go Juma, and I'd be praying. You know, like some brothers might be like, no, not some brothers. Some people would be like, oh, what's he doing? He's doing it. All the brothers like they're so like they'll be like, brother, when you doing rakat, do it like this mm. or. But they don't say it in a judgmental way. Exactly, that's the they, good they, thing about it. They say it in a way of, look, let's help our brother exactly. up. Exactly, and that's and that's why I felt like it was just genuine. Like yep. even sometimes now, I see brother on the road, he will recognise me, he will say, Hell, you mm. know in London, everyone's just a bit like, like move out the way, everyone's upset, they're angry all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, London seems to be like a negative place, but with Islam, you share that bond, it's just loving and, appreciation for everything you know alhamdulillah alhamdulillah beautiful with islam yeah i have a question for you though yeah mm-hmm. so you praying now yeah when you when you okay so when you first prayed yeah mm-hmm. as you said when you were younger you used to pray fajr mm-hmm. so when you prayed again after all these years did it feel like 
this feels like home yeah, sort of yeah. thing. That's, and that's what I always say it takes me back to. Because I remember my mum was on the phone because I have a cousin, he lives in India. He mm. goes to university then, he's older than me. And I remember she was on the phone to him and then she told him and he's Muslim. So he was so happy and he, was, he said, he said, remember the time you used to get up and used to be moaning? Mm. I'd be like, yeah. He said, remember, see, look now. It was, we was he was practicing. Like he was practicing. It was all written. It was, it was written for you. Do you know what I mean? Literally. So, I love putting your heart. Yeah. for that. So, yeah, alhamdulillah. I'm just happy. I'm literally just, I'm spinning. I've never been happy. And these guys know they call me like a granddad. I'm usually moaning. <laughs> oh, but Islam's just kind of brought joy to me. So Alhamdulillah. Yeah. It's put peace in your heart. Yeah, definitely. Peace and joy Before in your heart. I used to, that's, what, that's why I was saying that time I used to have so much anger. Like I used to walk around angry all the time. I never used to feel good about myself. Like now I have so much self-confidence and I just feel vibrant. You know what I mean? Alhamdulillah. 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 So, yeah. So we're still learning, still learning the gist of stuff. Ramadan soon. So I'm, I'm looking First forward one as to well. that. Yeah. yeah. So inshallah. inshallah. It's perfect. I'm going to take you boys out for iftar, bro. Especially if it's your first iftar. Oh, please do, man. I'll, I'll be happy with that. Interested on in how you find it and that. Yeah, no, I'll be happy with that. I'll okay. be happy with that. Just make sure you do your salah. Everyone listen to this. I think it's a beautiful message for everyone to no, listen to. You thank know? you, bro. Because you know what? I've got so many friends mm-hmm. who talk about Islam and if they watch the podcast, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yet. But it's like, they talk about Islam mm-hmm. and I'm like, bro, when are you going to take your shahada? Yeah. You take it, take it, take yeah. it. And it's just like, it's something in everyone's head at mm-hmm. first just holds them back to be like, I'll do it another time and you, all of that. You know what's so funny? He's had said something about when he went, at, do you know Another story. I took him there. Took him where? You know when he went to do the talk yeah. in Lewisham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked him up and I took him there. And literally that, a week before that, something happened. What so do you mean? Basically at the time, I think, I think Az was on the ban or something and he needed someone to drive. And I, obviously I had my, I have my license. But obviously something happened and I, my car was just gone. I, I, I didn't have a car. So basically he had to wait for me to pick him up and we went there and I, and I sat in the car while he did the talk in the masjid. And you're so funny. He was pressuring me to come out and come in. I was like, no, nah, I'm not coming in. This him come in to me. No, nah, bro, I'm not Muslim. Like, it don't make sense. This him don't have to be Muslim to listen to me talk. Just come in. Mm. Like he just kept saying, just come in. I was like, no. Nah. And then it's so funny you said that because I remember that day like it was yesterday. We literally parked on the side road. I jumped out, went to get food and I sat in the car and waited for him to finish. Yeah, it's fun. It's so mad. It just when you're spending that, I remember that day. Do you remember pray together and stuff when you're working? Yeah, together yeah, definitely. If you come into the office, you'll see in the corner our prayer mat. Is it? Yeah, you'll see it in Time the corner. For and everything yeah, like so we do. We pray. That's what you're saying. You lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah he leads. He leads. <laughs> Him and uh, my other um, Shahid, yeah, and Ifas. Yeah, alhamdulillah, bro. That's yeah. a beautiful. That's bro. That's honestly a beautiful thing because you know. When you pray with your people around you all the time, yeah, mm. and your brothers of Islam, mm-hmm. honestly, that feeling is unreal. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a it's a nice touching feeling. Yeah, alhamdulillah, like you the know. brothers I keep around me now, literally, like full of Islam, and yeah. whenever it's time to pray, even Dawood here, man's a magician on that. It's a bit of a he lied. <laughs> I'm on I'm on to him because he lied that he said he didn't, he weren't him <laughs> until he went on his Instagram and I saw him. So he needs to teach me some tricks. It nearly worked the trick I tried to show him. Yeah. But I'm so dumb. I just was, I was like, it's King of Diamonds, yeah, for real. <laughs> like, needing validation. <laughs> but I'm on to him. He's going to show me a trick before I leave. But, uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to jump on? 
Anything else you want to add to 57 and like that? Guys, just thank you again for the support. I've got this root beer, full rolls, 2020. <laughs> How much though? That's interesting though. We've got this full rolls, root beer, 2020, 28.5. But if you come in shop, we can work on the deal. So I've got a buy metal one sitting in Dubai. In Dubai? Yeah. What year? 2023. Yeah, bring it, man. Don't worry, man. We How much would you buy it for though? 14 and a half. Yeah. I've got it for flipping. What does it work out to you? <laughs> no, no, I got it from retail, Rolex. Oh, so you're still in profit? Now it's fourteen point three, though. Is it? Well, oh, and again. I wanna and I wanna reiterate to people as well because we have a lot of clients now that are coming and messaging us, like guys, um, I bought this watch off you. I checked on the Rolex website; it's gone up. So you lot surely can buy it for this. And we just want to reiterate: the pound is down. All Rolex have done is match the prices. To around the pound because the pound has gone down your watch hasn't gone up but I'm telling you guys it's the best time to buy watches now because they're low alright guys so if you've got spare change laying around invest in the watch put it away and inshallah it goes up and we all break bread inshallah how much are you selling buy metal uh, root beers for then uh, we're selling it cheap 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 buy metal root beers it's cheap it's cheap it's cheap it's cheap, it's cheap. So that's not that much above retail then no which ain't that bad like if yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's mad. It's cheap. It's Man, cheap. I've got one in the buyer. I want to get rid of it soon. But Man, this is what I was saying, worry, I was saying earlier. Me, I want to wait for the prices to go back up and then show Don't worry, off. man. We'll give you some good prices, man. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> but remember, but full rolls, root beer, 2020. We want 28.5. But if you come in store, we'll give you a good price. <laughs> yeah, CEO cost discount. Just come and say you watch the podcast and we'll see what we can do. I want commission off that deal. No, don't worry. We got you, man. It might be gone by then, inshallah, but... Inshallah. Yeah, guys, just come in. <laughs> and uh, come back up, just got to ask a couple more questions for you. Abdullah, I appreciate your time, bro. <laughs> right. That was amazing to have Abdullah on the podcast as well, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, sick for vision, yeah, yeah. funny guy, and alhamdulillah, the beauty of Islam as well, and the message that he sends. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you don't all pray at work together is 10-10, bro. Yeah, Unreal yeah. feeling. Yeah, just a co- last couple of questions before we wrap up, yeah. What do you envision your future to look like then? Your future specifically? Um, in terms of... In terms of just what you imagine your life to be like? In terms of envisioning my future, just um, just want a peaceful life act where like, um, just want to see my kids grow. That's the main thing. Inshallah. Um, just be there for my kids. Obviously, I'm a family man, isn't it? So that's the mm. main thing, man. Yeah, inshallah, yeah. inshallah. It's like all about providing a life for your, you know, your wife and your kids. Yeah, inshallah, yeah. more kids to come. Yeah, that's the main priority, I suppose. My final question to you: I wanted to save it for the end of the podcast. What do your family think of the fact that you've left music now, purely pursuing business? Um, all my family are happy about it. Still, they've never really liked it when I was doing music, to be mm. honest. So, and most of them live. It's just me and my mum here, isn't it? All my family live in Morocco. Oh, they all live in Morocco, yeah. Yeah, so they've never really liked it. Obviously, they liked it in terms of like because they can go on YouTube and see how I am, how I'm doing, what I look like. Mm. Is my beard grown? Like, see, you know how. I suppose they could watch it from um, this podcast now, innit? Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, shout out to my Moroccans. Yeah, literally, <laughs> you know, like that, bro. But yeah, man, just, just one of them was, it was happy still, man. Yeah, yeah alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, and as just to wrap it up, what's the message you want to leave for people who are watching? What's the message? Yeah. Um, For people in general, for everyone, or just for like young youth, or everyone I'll, in general? I've got a better question, in fact, yeah. Just imagine your kids watching this right now, yeah? In yeah. 10 years' time, they've grown up. So your son's 23 and your daughter's roughly going to be about 12 years old? Yeah. Inshallah. Inshallah. They're watching this right now. What do you want to say to them? Um, little man, 
Yeah, make sure you go shop. Yeah, get me some round trees and the Doritos. <laughs> and Zaya, yeah, make sure you clean up my bed, straighten out them pillows. You're done, though. <laughs> bro, I can't complain with that message, bro. Sure. I wish I was done and had that message as well. I'd, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man, bro. Salams, love having you, bro. Yeah? <laughs> Inshallah, we'll have you on love, in, in the future again. Appreciate you, man. When love, you look, get that big hat and garden building that that uh that shop there i'm going to be the first one there to record it and you know record yeah, that journey so Anytime, i wish man. you lot the best of the journey yeah, and shot a lot love, bro love having us man. i appreciate you appreciate actually. you big so, love if you don't want to catch the next episode of ceo cast make sure you subscribe for the next episode next week peace